everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts, Melanin Edition. Thank you for tuning in. I'm glad to have you with me. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, so we're just going to get on into it. Um, so I have my, again, my political correspondent and my really good friend, Jimmy, here with me. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm doing great. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know. Happy New Everything. I mean, gosh, I've had so many emotions from the happiest time to getting really depressed and angry with all things politics. It's just been crazy. They've been crazy. And for those of you who do not follow my podcast, and this is your first time hearing, Jimmy has been on um, as my guest um, when I'm talking all things politics for over a year now. So please go back and listen to everything we ta- we've talked about. Our last conversation, um, I believe, it was before the election. And yeah, we haven't talked since the election. Yeah, so our last conversation was before yeah, the no, election. Yeah, we haven't talked since really the election. I mean, what an amazing experience that was. I will never forget that euphoric high I had when they finally announced Joe Biden won. It was just the most, like, I've never, I mean, God, it felt like, someone said, it, it literally probably was the closest we ever felt like to when it was like when World War II ended or something. It was just this, I just, oh my God, the, the happiness that I felt was through the roof. It was amazing. I cried. Um, it was, for me, it was, it was a sigh of relief. Um, I, I cried and I would say I cried more when Joe Biden won than when Barack Obama won and really? <laughs> I did because you know Barack Obama was historic Joe Biden's was more of about to me it felt more life and death life or death and so yeah, I, yeah, I, literally I, you know and I felt like I could breathe and so it was more like a I was able to exhale and I literally wept <laughs> I literally wept on my floor when I saw CNN finally call the election to Joe Biden like I wept and it was just yeah I cried when they spoke when they when I saw them spoke I was crying yeah. when but uh, uh, it just Oh, thank God. I mean, thank God, even with everything that's going on, I just, I thank God every day that for that he won. I just thank God every day that he won. Yes. Um, well, you know, according to, um, a a lot of people, he didn't win. So we're going to get into that. Um, we're going to talk about that. So, um, Jimmy and I are going to, we have a, um, I have, we have a whole thing set up and I really want us to just get into it because there's a lot to talk about. And, um, this is probably going to be our last podcast for a little while, but we're definitely going to still do like the live, the, um, Instagram lives. So definitely follow me on Instagram still because, uh, we had, a, we actually went live like a couple of weeks last week and the week before, you know, a couple of weeks. So we've, we went live at the, uh, after the, the election and stuff. So uh, definitely follow me on Instagram to stay up with what we're talking about. But today we got a lot to talk about because when I planned this podcast, this was before the, the riot, um, the, the domestic terrorist attack on our country happened, but we're going to throw that in there. But right now let's just go into a few things that's coming up because um, Joe Biden's speech is, is, you know, um, coming up. Um, Actually, by the time you guys hear this, his speech had already happened, but his speech is coming up. And I wanted to ask you, Jimmy, you know, this is a very important speech. 
And what what do you think is the most important thing Joe Biden needs to say um, in this moment? For me, the important thing that he needs to say over and over again is no unity. Essentially, the tone I want is no unity without accountability. The, unfortunately for him, and I'm, the the riots are going to be really still in people's minds for a while. So they probably had to rewrite his entire speech. What I personally want to hear is I, I understand he was unity and all this stuff, but I am not really in the mood to go across the aisle and shake hands yet. It's going to be a minute before. I understand that that probably does have to happen at some point, but I'm going to need a minute. And by a minute, I mean a month or two to really like see that you are going to hold these people accountable. Of course, I think he'll also talk about COVID and all the other things he plans on doing in his administration. For me, I just don't, don't, be so kumbaya. Something really bad happened, and the other side is to blame, and that is okay for you to say that, and you should say that, because we need accountability. Right. So, you... you, I think he has a really tough... I think this is going to be probably one of the toughest speeches um, any um, president-elect is going to have to give because mm-hmm. right now we are in a very you know um weird time in this country um yes 74 74 74 million people voted for Trump i do not believe all 74 million of the, those are are racist themselves um i do believe that they don't care about racism um enough um but I do believe a, a it, large. It doesn't extent. interfere with them getting what they want. Correct. It doesn't interfere with them getting what they want. Correct, which means they they don't care about it. And but I do believe mm-hmm. a large a large portion uh, percentage of those people are racist. And so mm-hmm. I think that um, this speech is not going to shouldn't should it's going to be hard for him to talk about bringing us together and all that crap where every president um before Trump um you know would do the the speech would be like you know bringing us together and doing this and this and you know the whole kumbaya we are America you know this isn't what America is when actually this is what America has always been America has always been you know America was built on the foundation of hatred and you know um white supremacy and you know you know, my ancestors um, helped build that capital, you know, in, in slavery, you know, uh, that capital building that they, you know, pissed and shit it all over and just acted a plum fool in. So I think that this speech is going to be very hard and there are going to be so many people who there are going to be so many unsatisfied people when it comes to this speech, because I think that he has a really there 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 are the 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 black there are the the black people who want him to you know make those people accountable you know then there are the independents that want to just say well let's just forget about it let's move forward and just act like it never happened they're the republicans who still don't believe he is le- the legitimate president there's the far left that want him to just you know be so radical and 
and say, you know, and be, you know, demand accountability. So I think that there's going to be someone in that bunch that does not get what they want in this speech. No, absolutely. And that's all, that's in every presidency. Every presidency is there always going to be somebody who who's not going to get what they want. The problem is, is that, you know, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. So people just have to realize that we've got a lot going on right now. And what's going to happen also is, I, I, what I, I, and he's already started doing this in that he has to sort of, he has to have the accountability thing, but he also wants to get stuff done. You realize he has walked because, not only because of this, but because of the Georgia election, he's walking in with no cabinet members confirmed. Obama walked in with six already confirmed and Trump walked in with two. Mm -hmm. So we are going to have to be, it's going to be a very difficult time for him. So he needs to, and he's probably going to get very frustrated because he wants to get a lot done, but he under, but I think there, he has an understanding of the fact that people are angry and they want to see accountability, but he also wants to make their lives better. Like this stimulus package that he wants to get done and these cabinet members. So it's going to be interesting in the speech to see how he, he is going to do this tough balance. And there are going to be people who aren't going to be happy. You're never going to make everybody, ha everybody happy as president, but as long as the majority of people are happy, even if the people, the minority are very loud, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think his first week in office is going to be pure hell. <laughs> He's going to, I mean, oh, his, oh absolutely. His absolutely. First, absolutely. And I, absolutely. And, I and I literally mean his first week. Because he's going to try to, yeah, he has it, to, he has to do his cabinets. He has to, he's going to be, you know, signing back some of the legislation that uh, Trump, you know, um, you know, got us out of. He's going to be trying to pass his. Yeah, he has, he has executive orders lined up. Yeah, he has like all these executive orders, so he has a lot. His first week is going to be probably the like you know like how, how do you say that a president's first 90 days and how important his first 90 days are i mm -hmm. think his first 90 days is extremely important but that first week is going to be a lot it's going to be a lot of information coming out of that white house once he gets but, sworn in well just see on the first day the first two executive orders are going to be rejoining the paris climate accord and getting rid of the travel ban on the first day on his first day yeah and so okay <laughs> so let's um Let's, so we uh, we already got confirmation Trump isn't going to be at the speech. I really don't care. You know, I think that before <laughs> before the um before what happened before the Capitol issue, what happened at the Capitol building, I thought it would have been, I thought that it was a bad look for him to be there. But now since what happened at the Capitol building, I don't think he should be there. I really don't. I don't think he should be there. I mean, oh, oh, yeah, no. yeah. I know. Far go his whole. I, his whole, he just needs to be gone. I mean, yes. I, someone said it. They should just go. If I was, if I was working for them, I would say, take that whole family, go to Mar-a-Lago and just stay there. Just stay there. Get out of Washington. You don't need to be here anymore. And none of his family is coming. I mean, what happened? And none of his family is coming. So it's very, yeah. it's very, um, it's just, they need to, yeah, there's no reason for them to be there. No, I mean, it's not a smooth transition, so I'm fine with that. Um, do you think um, this isn't on here because, you know, again, this outline was done before the impeachment. Do you think, um, what are your thoughts on the impeachment? Um, I mean, I don't believe the Senate is going to impeach Trump um, or do anything like that. I actually I think, think they will. You think so? 
I think that Mitch McConnell need well, at the very least, I guess I don't know for sure. I'm more confident because of two things. One, because this is bipartisan. This was bipartisan. This is I if I'm correct on my history, this is the first bipartisan um impeachment vote ever in the history of this country. And the Senate Republicans and the House Republicans are two very different types of people. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it'll all depend on what Mitch McConnell decides to do. And he needs to think, do you want your party? You have you have lost everything. You have lost this man has caused you to lose the White House, the Senate, and the House. And judges are there. I mean, he got a lot of judges in, but it's very iffy on like what are, where just because they say they're conservative, it's very iffy on where they could go. So do you really want this man to define your party because he's given you, he has taken away everything you've worked for. Right. So it's a, I, I think, I don't, I don't know for sure. I think it's going to be, a, it's a different time around. I hope they do the right thing. I'm a little more confident about it. It's Mitch McConnell just needs to really think hard about what he's going to do. So I was talking to someone on Facebook um, in regards to the impeachment and, you know, a lot of people aren't that educated in the fact that even once uh, Biden gets sworn in, Trump can still go through impeachment hearings. Um, a lot of people think that it has to be done before Biden goes in, um, and it doesn't. Um, and so, no, you know, and a lot of people, you know, are really like, well, once he's not president no more, you know, then what's the point? You know, what's the point of all that? You know, he's not going to be president no more. But I think I think that people don't realize the benefits that come with being a former president for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I know. And he can still run again. And that part he can too. still run again. That's yeah, he can still run again. So the big the thing is, I actually think because they're waiting after his inauguration, it's better. There's a better chance because I don't think any Republican senators would vote to get him to get him out of to remove him from office. I don't think they would do that. I do think you will get more senators get on board with not the question not being should we remove him from office. The question of being should his privileges be taken away, including banning him from running. Again in 2024, his, I think you will get two, more Republican senators and his two hundred thousand dollar a year salary, and mm-hmm, like, yeah, and, and his so, um like what his his travel package, like you know like I, I personally as a taxpayer, yeah. I, personally as a taxpayer, I don't want to pay for him to travel to his to to still do his rallies to Russia or Iran or. Well, shit, I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about his rallies. Yeah. Like, I think he's dangerous. No, no, no. I think this man is dangerous. Yeah, he... I think he will go to Iran, tell them every goddamn thing he knows. I mean, like, I think Trump is actually r- really dangerous. I agree. Yeah, I just think that they need to put him in a box. And the point, they need to put him in a box. And the question, and that's going to be... Theoretically speaking, the, the, theoretically speaking, yes, we are yes, yes, talking excuse, about... You're right, you're right. Yes. We are talking about the president here. Like, I don't want... Yes, excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry. I want him in a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him theoretically to be 
let's just, I want to put boundaries put on him because he is a dangerous man and he has people, not all of them, but he has very dangerous people that support him. Absolutely. And we need to, and, and we need to cut, uh, we need to, what did they say? I mean, I, well, I'm not even going to analogy of cutting no. the head off something so because I don't even, yeah. yeah. So let's move on. We're going to move on because <laughs> um, freedom of speech, yeah. Don't want to get in trouble. Right. Okay, so let's go into this. Um, <laughs> let's go into this new um, administration and some of the names. You know, a, uh-huh. a couple of the names. Mm-hmm. I def. I don't want to um, to go into everyone. I just want to go into a few of the key people. Uh, and you know, I mm-hmm. I expressed to Jimmy how I was not overwhelmingly excited about some of the people that um, were going to be on Joe Biden's. Um, his some of his cabinet picks because I feel like they were old as fuck, and I'm like, you're old as fuck. Mm-hmm. Why? Why you're old mm-hmm. as fuck, sir? Why should you be surrounding yourself with people that are just as old as you? Like, you know, one bad heartburn and all y'all can be taken out. So I just don't understand. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, it's I don't I don't get it. You know, like one of them can get COVID. I mean, then it's I'm sorry. So I'm just saying, I just wished that there were some, you know, hey, even 50-year-olds, you know, everybody ain't got to be 70. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Or 60. I mean, everybody's essentially in there. Besides Pete, everybody is in like their 60s or Like literally everyone is going, everyone is going to be gone in four years. Like it's going to be a whole mm-hmm. new cabinet. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that the the reasoning for why we have so many old people is because the whole point of it, Van Jones said it perfectly on CNN, boring is going to become the new amazing. These are, they are all very old people, but they're all people who have, well, I, I guess besides like kind of Pete, cause, who's for Secretary of Transportation, but they're all people who have a lot of experience in, in, these, in the fields that they are going to be secretaries of. So I understand your point, but I think, I think that it was, the trade-off is that it's going to be boring, and that's going to be a good. I mean, after four years of just and where we are now, I will be happy to be bored. I could have been bored with a forty-something-year-old or a fifty-year-old. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, well, you're getting a thirty. Uh, you're getting a thirty-eight-year-old. A thirty-eight-year-old <laughs> department. Over Department of Transportation, great. There are great things um, Pete can do with that. I'm glad Pete's in the. Um, I'm glad he's in the administration. Um, yes, ma'am. I was so happy. I'm happy. I wish he would have got a different position, but hey, I'll take it. But I really, yeah. would, I really would like for us to talk about the. I think the best announcement that has come for his nomination pick, which probably was the funniest shit I've ever heard. And it was like the biggest slap in the face to the Republican party. Can you talk about that? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I Merrick Garland as attorney general is the best. I mean, I, a lot of people, it was so funny because there were some people who were really like, really like, like they wanted maybe a more diverse pick. I think it is the most beautiful thing that, they, that he could have done. And you know what? I am so happy. Tell, In a way, I am so tell happy. Tell why, because some people don't know okay. who Merrick Garland is. So Merrick Garland, so everybody freed. In 2016, Anthony, Anthony Scalia, who was a justice on the Supreme Court, died. So that left a vacant seat. Now, 
all you have to, all Barack Obama had to do was just put somebody on. The Republicans made up this rule where we couldn't do it during a, a, an election. We're in the middle of an election. People are making a new choice. We shouldn't do that. And so this has ne- that has never, ever been the case before, but they made it and he couldn't get nominated and he wasn't put on the Supreme Court. But wait four, a minute. Four years, we're in the middle. But wait a minute. Yeah. Didn't we just have, um, <laughs> didn't, you know, uh, Ruth, Gator, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, rest in peace, just passed away during the middle of an election cycle? Yes, yes. And boy, did they, did their memories um, quickly go away because they shoved through Amy Coney Barrett right up there. So I think that this is the most beautiful middle finger that yeah. Joe Biden can ever do. And in a way, I'm sad that he that he didn't lose, but that he lost that he did. Yeah, that he didn't lose. But I am so glad that Mitch McConnell has to sit there and and watch all of this happen. He has to sit there and watch all of this happen. I think it is an amazing thing. I mean, I, and I think he'll do. It will be interesting to see because you know I'm try, I'm learning a little. I'm trying to learn more about him and to see what kind of. Um, the biggest thing that uh, we know about him is that he was uh, supervised um, a lot of domestic terrorism cases, actually, including about um, the Oklahoma City bombings mm-hmm. with the Unabomber. Mm-hmm. That yeah, he supervised that, which is very fun now that we have all this domestic terrorism going on right. i i am just i was so i was just i mean i laughed my butt off and i think it, it was is absolutely perfect and i'm excited mm-hmm. it was even hilarious. though he's also turning he's he's also unfortunately 68 so another oldie <laughs> I, listen, but I hey what can you, you do i told you i'm like i'm like listen i I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in a nursing facility. I feel like the White House is turning into a damn nursing facility. Um, it's just yeah. Well, that's pol- that's politics in general. That's something. I mean, uh, the only thing we need to put. Uh, we just a whole separate conversation, but term limits are a thing that needs to happen in Congress specifically, and well, just in politics in general. This is true, but you know the 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 light at the end of the tunnel, in my opinion, is Kamala Harris. You know, being you yeah. know the first woman of color. Being the first woman vice president, being the first woman of color vice president, I um I think that you know she is going to be she's going to be Joe Biden's backbone. She is going to be the backbone of you know his administration, um especially when it comes to um truly bridging the gap with the, um the black community because Bi- Joe Biden cannot if Joe Biden screws this up, moment up. Because you know, black people saved this election. Black people, um, black women. Yeah, black people. You know, saved, saved the, this country saved, all the time. Saved this country twice. Um, you know, we saved yeah. the country for the November election, and then we saved it for the Georgia, um, the Georgia runoff. And you know, it's yeah. it's it's hard to save a country that doesn't give a fuck about you. So yeah. Um, Joe Biden can't screw this up and I think that Kamala is I think he's aware of that but being the privileged white man he is he can have his moment where he starts to stray and I think her being there is great to wheel him back in to understand hey you know we can't forget you know the things we have to do for the black communities and the m- minority communities because you wouldn't we wouldn't be here if it wasn't you know if for, if it wasn't yeah exactly we wouldn't yeah this country would still be in the shutter yes 
Um, so let's talk about the um the Georgia wave that happened. Um, I don't want to talk about it for too long because it's another topic I really want us to go into. But I definitely want us to just talk about how now the um the um the Senate is you know fifty percent. I mean fifty percent. Um, half Democrat. Um, half Republican, and you know the tying vote is going is Kamala Harris you know our, our VP but 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 we have <laughs> some um uh what they call them some um well we have some uh, uh far right democrats who yeah. will who are now the the main problem who are going to as uh Joe Manchin a senator from West Virginia who's a democrat who uh, really, I mean, he was standing and giving ovations at Donald Trump's um, uh, State of the Union. So those are, they are now the ones, people like him are now the ones with the most power. So who, who is this person? His name is Joe Manchin. He's a senator from West Virginia. Like he is very much, he's against the minimum, he's against the $15 minimum wage. He's against the $2,000 checks. I mean, He's probably, I mean, I, I, he, 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 it sounds like, though, that people are starting to really get on his case because this new stimulus, I, I haven't seen his reaction, but he hasn't outrightly opposed this new stimulus, which includes all that. So I think that it'll be interesting to see where he's going to be an albatross and where, and if maybe the Chuck Schumer might sink his teeth into him and be like, do you really want to do this? Because we can, we, we will get rid of you. Yeah. We will get, I, well, it's hard. I don't think Joe Manchin wants them problems. I don't think he wants those problems, um, especially with how you know the 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 light is going to be on him. Hey everyone, it's Daryl from Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Couple questions for you: Do you have a black-owned business? Do you want to be a sponsor? Well, you've come to the right place. I have a great podcast, Daryl's Daring Thoughts, that you can sponsor your business on. You can sponsor it for one, two, three episodes or maybe the entire season. So if you want to sponsor your brand on my show, contact me at DarylDaresYou at gmail.com. That's Darrow, D-A-R-O, Dares You at gmail.com to learn how you can be heard in multiple countries alongside a celebrity guest through my sponsoring ad package. Can't wait to hear from you. And so, you know, people, yeah. I think people now more than ever understand that their vote truly matters. Um, you know, we, yeah, know. We, had, we had the most historic election, you know, twice, you know, and I think everyone, no one can go back and say that their vote didn't matter this election. And so I think that mm-hmm. people his own in his own community that he represents will definitely get his ass out if he, you know, goes against these, um, you know, the democratic morals that, you know, we want. And I, you know, I never understood why people, I understand why people, well, let me rephrase that. I will never understand why someone is mad at minimum wage being $15 an hour. That's only $31,000 a year. That's still not enough money for someone to survive, d- depending on where they, what, I'm sorry, th- I don't give a fuck where you live. You're not going to survive very well with, on one job making $31,000 a year. You're not. So I don't understand why people, like, why are you mad? Like, I make, 
you know, way more than that. So what do I care that now everyone is going to start making at least, you know, $15 an hour? Like that, it doesn't affect me. So I don't understand why. More I- mo- less money for you, less money for me. That's why. Because the more money that we pay people, the less money the top is going to get. That's exactly what it is. Well, I'm not people just don't. People are. I'm so self- sorry. I know. Okay, I know. You're getting 200k a year, and now it's going down to 150. Who? I mean, oh wow. Well, that's, that is, well, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. People Shout are very. This country. I mean, there are selfish. This country is a very selfish country that doesn't want. And we a lot of times. We don't want to help each other out. It is very rare. It, it, like we always say, I mean, we always make a joke about Republicans. It, it isn't until it happens to them, all of a sudden they 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 uh, now need the social service. Yeah. Like, it, that is the point. That is the point. People are very selfish and only concerned about themselves. And until something bad happens to them, that is when they care. It's sad, but it's the truth. Yeah. So the, and people just care about their own money. It's, it's, it's very unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So, Jimmy, tell me, what was, why do you think people truly believe, so many people believe this election was fake? You know, I'm at the point to where I, you know, it's, before, what, 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 I don't understand that. Let me finish, hold on. What bothered me is that before Trump, people will still say shit and, and, you know, it's easy to say, okay, I call bullshit. But for some reason, when Trump speaks, I don't understand how a certain amount of people. Now, I understand it's a cult and I get it, but it's just so hard for me to understand how you can hear something. I show you the fact, but that fact is inaccurate, but that person is speaking is accurate. I do not understand how him just saying this election was fake allowed all these people to lose their fucking mind i i think honestly and i know people i i i i think it speaks deep down to white people in this country i think it speaks to a deep down racist part of a lot of white people in this country who are terrified of of people of color and are sick to death that they are on, that they do not have as much power as they do. Donald Trump is the personification of white power, of white supremacy. And I believe, and I, and I don't, and I believe deep down, even when people say, well, I'm not a racist, I think deep, deep down in people's hearts, they cannot stand the fact that minorities are speaking up in this country and that they have power, especially black people. I truly believe that deep, deep down, beyond all the financial stuff, and these are, I, I think it's the people who are really, it's just, I think, yeah, I just think deep, deep down, Trump speaks to a white, to the white fragility. He, he, he is the perfect voice of white fragility. And it works so well. And it's, stirs people up to a point that people will commit acts of terrorism now because of him. I truly, a lot of people will be able to... Re- I truly... Um, you know, I said this to someone, and they, um, I was in this group on Clubhouse, and I said this to someone, and I said, you know what? I blame black people 
And they said, excuse me? You blame black people? I said, yeah, I do. And they said, why? I said, because this is the year black people decided to vote. And because you just now decided to vote, these white people in this country feel like that you never had this right. We've had this right to vote since... That's the, a very interesting take. The, we've had this right to vote for since, what, the 60s? And um, you're just now deciding to really exercise your right for something that we've had in this... You know, the Constitution, the, the Constitution was written for all of us. You know, once they decided to include black people in it, you know, we've had these rights. We've allowed this country to only speak to a certain group of people when we've had the rights to stand up for so long. But this year, everyone decided to use their voice and the, and the white people just couldn't take it. Because if you think about it, it's weird because we've had a black president for two terms. If white people really did not like Barack Obama, if these white supremacists really didn't care about, you know, really did not want us to be around, they would have came out in record numbers and voted against um, Obama. I think Mm -hmm. that and and black people didn't show up in record numbers uh, for Obama like we did for Biden. Yeah, that is a, that is a, that is true. So my thing is, I'm not, you know, I'm not, and don't y'all DM me and don't y'all say no shits. I, <laughs> my issue is that we have to, we we have to stop letting people in this country believe that our voice doesn't count, because then they have this shock factor and think that things don't belong because fifty thousand people in um in their mind came out of nowhere and voted in in um detroit michigan yeah we live here we just haven't said anything for all 10 years but this year we decided to say something so we have to um and i'm speaking to um, all my black people and people of color we can't wait for these moments for just these moments when it's extremely important to vote you know we have to vote locally locally it uh, locally you know affects you know everything that's going to happen nationally at some point in that uh, in that process like nobody voted in the in the in the mayor election but everyone had something to say so that is very true yeah especially in chicago that's so true so you know so that's why i was saying that because um i truly you know that that's just what that was that was just my take on that part Um, So I wanted to go into Mm -hmm. one more. uh, I want to transition to the next thing because uh, I want us to keep moving. But what I wanted to say is why is it, you know, after the whole Capitol thing, after everything that happened at the Capitol building, you know, um, you know, we, you know, it was, it was, it was a horrible thing to see. I feel like I was watching, you know, the Purge movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What really bo- what bothered me is the first thing people want to say, you know, we really just need to we really just need to understand the Trump voter. We just really need to sit down and understand them. I'm done. I I I I 
I don't, I don't have to do anything. I am on the, I am tired. I am sick and tired of that. I don't want to hear that anymore. My side won and more people voted on my side. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to understand you. You couldn't care less about me. You could give a shit. I've been told for four years by conservatives on TV that elections have consequences. So guess what, bitch? Elections have consequences. And I'm sorry, but it's just, I'm so, I don't need to understand anybody. I don't need to understand it. You need to, you, you need to go to your own party and figure out what the fuck's going on. Mitch McConnell needs to. That's Lindsey Grant's job. I don't need to do anything. No one's going to listen to me. That is your job. I don't need to uh, understand anybody because as I, I have said before, I will never, ever, 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 ever understand why someone would ever vote for Trump, ever in my life. Nothing anybody will say, nothing. So I cannot make understand them. You, who are on their side, have to go there and stand up and say, this guy sucks, let's get rid of him. And if you cannot do that and you choose not to do that, whatever happens is on you. Well. There. You feel better? You feel <laughs> I better? Just, I don't want to... I, I, Yes, I do. I just don't want to hear that anymore. I am so sick of that. I'm so sick of that line. I'm I'm tired of it too. And you know, it's so funny because you know, for my election episode, I interviewed that my the Trumps the Trump um supporter, um that I knew, and you know, he kind of. Like, like he he tapped toed around the whole shits, but you know I can. No one. What bothers me? What truly bothers me with Trump supporters is that you can't sit down and give me actual factual information of why you support him. You either voted for him in privacy and don't say anything in public, or you voted for him based on lies that you know are lies, but you're holding on to it as truth to, in my opinion, to, to, to uh, overshadow the fact that you are truly just a racist. They know he's scum. They know he is scum, but they do it anyway because of yes, a racism, or b or b. It's just like I said, money talks. People want money in their pockets, and they believe Donald Trump would keep that money in their pockets. We're, I, I hope. How, I wonder how they're feeling now about that because we're in such an economic shithole. But you know, it's. It's I'm not, even, ta- I'm not even talking about those rich peoples. I'm talking about all these Trump supporters that I'm finding online that got like five goddamn teeth in their mouth. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, really. You know, half the ones I, that were, so half the ones that were storming the Capitol building, dumb as shits, died from heart died from having a heart attack and shooting them damn selves. You know, in the nuts. You know, those dumbasses. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. Like it's like y'all are not even intellectuals. Like y'all are the some of the no. stupidest people ever. Like he is he polls highest amongst you know, well the, the articulate way to say it is the uneducated white voter. I say the dumbasses. I don't need to understand white we don't need to understand white trash. You get rid of white trash and bring some and bring someone of substance to the table. I don't need to talk or listen to white trash. And that's what they are. White trash. I don't have to say, I don't know if 74 million people are white trash, but a good amount of them are white trash. Oh, okay. I may have to put like a censorship. They on are. This. That's what they are. There's, there's no ways that that's what they are. That is what they are. I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying I may have to put a censorship on this episode, but that's okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I know. I'm. <laughs> 
Man, she may have to just. I'm, just, I'm angry, just, man. I'm angry with blurt, She may have to just beep that out, you know, when she's editing this. Oh my god, that's okay. I mean, I didn't say it, you know. So hey, he's white, you guys. For those who, for the my new callers, he's at, he's yeah, actually white. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm white. So I don't, I don't mind calling white people white trash. Okay, stop saying it, please. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay, before we, um, before we go, I do have one more thing that I want to talk about. Um, and so my question to you is there's a huge, there, I, I, I believe both parties have fractures in them and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, people can go along and go all day and just talk about the Republican party, Republican party, Republican party, Democratic party and Republican party have fractures in them. I think that this, I think that while we have control of shit, I think this is a great time for the Democrats to focus on healing the party and figuring out what they need to do as far as either splitting the party or whatever. I think this is a great time to really try to heal the party while we, while we are in some type of control. Republicans, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I have no, I can't focus on them because I'm not one, but they got some shits because everyone keeps saying, well, now it's the party of Trump and then they're going to branch off into another party. I don't think, and I told you this, I don't think Trump, deserves his own party because he already has his own party which are the Ku Klux clans so mm-hmm, I, I don't, yeah, you know yeah. your party can't be based off of lies i can see if it was because you know there's certain things you know that some policies and all these other stuff no trump people that's the Ku Klux clans okay move on democrats what do you think should happen what 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 are your thoughts on um having two more parties added I, I am not opposed to that. I think we we're going to have to, if we're going to have more parties, we're probably going to have to do a lot of like election re- reform, put in ranked choice voting where you, where you rank your choices. I think there's a lot of things that we need to do. I do think, yeah, what I think what's going to happen is we're going to see what we're going to get done in four years. And then it, it'll be interesting. I think, and I know I could talk about a presidential election the next presidential election is crazy, but it'll be, that'll, that'll determine the health of the party. If will anyone, cause Joe Biden's not going to run. Joe Biden's not going to run for a second term. It's going to be Kamala Harris. Who's going to be the front runner. Period. Is someone going to challenge? Yeah. The question is, is, is someone, is a progressive going to rise and challenge her? That is the question. If a progressive doesn't rise, I think that's a good sign that maybe the democratic party might not be splitting off. If a progressive does rise and challenge her, I think we're going to have to see a split in the party. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they have to decide what they want to do. And it's interesting, and it's sad because, you know, Biden has a very, very progressive stimulus package, but the progressives are still giving him shit. So, but over stupid things. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think what will be the deciding point of it will be, is someone going to run against Kamala in 2024? I don't, That'll be when the answer will. I don't think um, the progressives are strong enough of a quote unquote, um, to have their own party right this second, right this moment. I don't think that they're. No, I don't think so either. I don't. I think it's going to take more than four years. Honestly, I think within eight years, um, that can definitely happen. Um, I don't think that there's. Yeah. They have a strong enough base because you know you could. They you know they saw that 
you know, with Bernie Sanders, you know, they talk, they talk all this, these great things and, you know, they don't, they didn't vote and didn't turn out in numbers like they did. Well, it's it. Yeah, it's a weird situation. These progr- well, that's the problem with progressives. They have these people in not you know in their own like in smaller elections they have a lot of success. But when they go to national elections, they inspire a group of people who are so convinced that uh, who on the left are convinced the same thing that the system is rigged, so they don't even participate. Right. And and then they point the finger. So they have to figure that they have to they have to figure out how can you be so against the system, but you need the system to win. How do you do that? And they have not figured out a way to do that. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much. I appreciate you for coming on. Um, um, I'm happy to be here. Yes. So what we're going to do, you guys, um, me and Jimmy are going to go live on IG um, after the inauguration. Well, probably not the same day. Um, But we're going to, you know, we're going to talk, you know, we're going to watch the speech. We're going to give, you know, take our notes. And we're going to go live at some point um, in that week um, to give our thoughts on his speech. And, you know, so definitely follow me on Instagram. All my information is here so you can keep up with our conversations because we are never going to stop talking politics. So thanks, you guys, so much. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. To follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, it's Cordero underscore Santiago. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on um, the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to. I'm so excited that I have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode I have an email address for you to do all of those things the email is darrowdaresyou at gmail.com so I'll spell that for you darrow d-a-r-o d-a-r-e s-u darrowdaresyou at gmail.com send me an email 